I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Well, we all know the story. To get people to get the COVID-19 vaccine, many states around the country launched lotteries, giving people the chance to win large sums of money if they just got a jab in the arm. Well, did it work? Did it not work? There's actually a study that tells us. New study from the University of Colorado, Denver says, nope, not a None of the 19 vaccine lotteries raised the vaccination rate, period. (laughs) So let's dig into why that is and what this tells us about misplaced incentives and actually what motivates us to act on any number of issues. So as I mentioned, it was a uh, University of Colorado, Denver. uh, Professor looked at 19 vaccine lotteries across the country, including Colorado's, by the way, and found that none of them, not a one, had an impact on vaccination rates. So think about that. Uh, this uh, came from Dr. Andrew Friedson. Uh, he's an associate professor of economics at uh, Colorado University, Denver. And he just said there's no significant association found between a cash drawing announcement and the number of vaccinations administered after the announcement date. So in other words, it, it just didn't move the needle at all. And uh, the professor went on to explore it a little bit and said, you know, maybe maybe if they had done smaller guaranteed cash payments, maybe that would have affected uh, the numbers a little bit. Uh, But just this big chance, this lottery uh, just didn't do it. And I think that's an interesting thing to look at Uh, in the 19 states that did uh, vaccination lotteries. I think they spent upwards, I want to say, $89 million. $89 million they gave away trying to incentivize people to get a vaccination. And in the end, that was not a good investment of $89 million. I can think of a few other things they could have done with that $89 million instead of just having uh, the big swing uh, for, for someone uh, who is vaccinated. So, so this is what I want to get to is what is it that actually drives our behavior and why in the world was this such an incredible miscalculation? Uh, You can remember back uh, earlier uh, when the vaccines were just beginning to roll out and when they were just starting to bump up against some of those who were resistant to getting a vaccine. uh, Somebody in some committee room said, hey, what what if we incentivize people with a lottery? We give give them a chance to win a, a a big chunk of money. Uh, I want to know who was in the room for that. 
Because in the end, they spent a lot of money that probably could have been spent, I don't know, on education, <laughs> could have been spent on making sure that, that people had the right information, that people had access, uh, a host of other things. Uh, but to to try to incentivize people to get a shot with a lottery uh, was not a great strategy. And the fact that 19 states across the country said, yeah, let's give that a shot. That'll work. That'll motivate people. And so you really have to step back and say, what, what is it that really drives behavior? And obviously, in this instance, the chance of winning a big sum of money was not the answer. And, and this goes back to something we've talked about on this program a number of times, and that is you have to have a communication strategy that is as robust and sophisticated and compelling as whatever your policy strategy is. And the same thing applies, whether it's encouraging people to get vaccines, whether it's dealing with criminal justice reform or immigration. You have to recognize that you have to have a communication strategy that breeds some confidence. And to be honest, I don't think convincing people that getting a vaccine is a good idea just so you can have a chance to win a lottery is really sound communication strategy. I think that's communication malpractice. And I think in the end, it actually served to undermine the credibility of the science, of the healthcare professionals, of the government officials who were leading the charge. I don't give a lot of credence to someone who's standing up in front of the people of their state and saying, yeah, just just get a jab in your arm and you could win a million dollars. That doesn't sound like good science to me. That doesn't sound like good community to me. And what we're finding is it didn't even turn out to impact positively the the solution, the outcome that we're after in terms of being able to move society forward, to be able to have the pandemic subside so that we can engage fully. And so to me, this is one more of those head scratchers. Really? This is the, this is the best and brightest we can do? There's got to be better communication strategists out there who could sit in an office with a governor and 19 governors went down this path, folks, 19 said the best way we can influence people getting vaccines is to tell them they might win a million dollars or more. Some of them were actually higher than that. So while I am always for thinking outside the box and yes, Leaders should always make sure that there are no stones unturned, that in this pandemic, yeah, we need to try everything. We need to go, but really, $89 million spent on lotteries to incentivize people to get a vaccine? Uh, this, is, this is a big swing and a miss, a massive swing and a miss. And to me, just demonstrates that we've we got to have better leadership. Uh, you, you can't you can't just have lotteries and giveaways and swag and we'll give you a nice sticker and maybe a, a meal at your favorite restaurant. Uh, it's way more than that. It, it's a leadership issue. 
And leadership just isn't about smiley stuff on social media. It's not about promoting smiley things like you just might win the lottery. It'll change your life. That's not leadership. That's least common denominator stuff. That's appealing to base emotion stuff. Let's. I think we can do better than that. I think we have to do better than that. And I think in the in the days and months and years ahead, uh, we've got to see a different kind of leadership at every level of government. Whether that's from the White House, whether that's the State House, uh, whether that's the, the local mayor's office, uh, we've got to have it at every level. Because we have, if anything, we have a pandemic of in this nation – it is a pandemic of trust. Uh, we have a, a huge trust deficit because far too many elected officials have used the institutions of government as platforms for their own personal agendas or their own political careers. We have to get back to that notion of integrity and trust in our public officials. The American people will do incredibly difficult things and will make enormous sacrifices if they're led. And the problem is is we've had a lack of leadership for far too long. And this is just indicative. If the best incentive we can come up with is you might have a chance to win a lottery, we have to do better than that. Because that's not leadership. Leadership requires a lot more. It's crucial conversations. It's being transparent. It's being accountable. It's having integrity. Spending $89 million on lotteries to incentivize people to get vaccines is not leadership. We have to do better. Stay with us. Much more to come on Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.